I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'm here to help you turn your love of travel into a thriving business and a dream life. This is Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Yo-ho out there, my friend, Aaron Schlein here, and you have landed on episode number 31 of Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. My friend, podcasting plays a huge part in my dream life, and it can do the same for you. Unleash the power of your voice and start your podcasting journey today. Head over to dramaticpodcasting.com. You can read my story and enroll in my free podcasting mini course to help you start your podcasting journey the right way way. That's DramaticPodcasting.com. The notes for this episode are available at DramaticTravels.com slash E31. Today on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs, we're joined by Corey Lee. Corey has a blog called Curb Free with Corey Lee, where he shares experiences as a disabled traveler. His goals are to show people how to travel, where to travel, and most importantly, why to travel as a person with a disability. Corey's joining us from his home in Lafayette, Georgia, and you can find him over at CurbFreeWithCoreyLee.com. Corey, welcome to Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, thrilled to be on here with you. That's certainly my pleasure, Corey. Before we start talking business, Corey, if you would just take a minute and go back in your mind, in your memory, as far as you can. Tell us about your earliest travel memories and the role that travel has played in your life. Uh, So my earliest travel memories really started when I was about four years old. Um, So a trip to Disney World was like the first trip that I ever took. Um, And it was with my entire family. We went for like a week. And my mom, when I was growing up, she um, worked in a school. So she would have three months off every summer. And we really used those summer months to kind of explore domestically up until I was about 15. So we would go to places like New York City, Washington, D.C., Orlando, um, and even Canada. But then when I turned 15, we went on a trip to the Bahamas. And that was really kind of the first time that I got to see a different culture and like a different way of life and try new foods. And it really just sparked something inside of me that made me want to keep traveling and exploring the world and seeing as much as I could. Well, t- tell me about that spark, that f- that feeling inside that that you just had to get out and explore this world, but that you obviously you knew that you had unique challenges that that just made travel, especially probably in those earlier days, more difficult on you. Can you just describe the just the the feeling inside that spark, kind of combined with these unique challenges that you were facing as a disabled traveler? Yeah, well, I kind of knew. I mean, in the Bahamas, that if it was that different and I had that much fun there. I mean, what else was out there? Um, So, I mean, if the Bahamas were that great, like how would Israel be or um, Europe or Australia or all of these, you know, places that are much further away? And I mean, it definitely has been a big learning curve, I think, traveling as a wheelchair user. And when I was starting out, it was by far more difficult than it is now that I've learned to good bit about how to make it a little bit easier, but there are still a lot of challenges that I have to deal with whenever I'm traveling. Um, But I think the world is opening up and it is definitely becoming more accessible. I started my blog about almost five years ago. And even just in this short amount of time since I started the blog, I've seen a lot of improvements and there are definitely more 
tour companies out there now focusing on wheelchair accessible travel. So I'm really, really thankful that the world is opening up to wheelchair travelers. One more question kind of about the past before we bring it up to present day. So your, your blog, you started that clearly as to provide resources for other disabled travelers. Tell me about the resources that were available to you in the beginning, if any. Yeah, so that's kind of why I even started the blog was just because I was actually planning for a trip to Australia and I started noticing online that there really wasn't a lot of information out there on the internet when it came to wheelchair accessible travel. Um, So I really wanted to start my blog just as kind of a resource, as you said, um, for other wheelchair users that may be wondering, you know, which destinations are accessible and how do we make traveling even in an airplane or by train or whatever it may be, easier and more accessible. Um, And so that's kind of where the blog started and where I got the idea to do it. And um, I mean, back in the day, like five years ago when I was doing it, and even when I was growing up, it was really, really difficult to find, I mean, any information online. There were a couple other travel blogs that focused on accessibility, but they were very few and far between. Um, But now in present day, I think, I mean, there are definitely more wheelchair travel blogs than ever before. Um, And I think it's really great. So, I mean, it's not like we're, you know, in competition, we're all trying to work together to make the world a more accessible place. What were some of the the limitations of those, some of those early blogs? And what were were some of the obvious gaps that you were looking to fill? Uh, Just, I mean, since there were only like one or two other blogs, they didn't really have every destination covered. So, I mean, maybe, you know, they had gone to like Spain and London and Paris maybe, but they hadn't explored like Australia or South America or all of these other places that are out there in the world. Um, So I think the world is really just too big for there to only be one or two resources out there. Um, So um, now since there are so many of us, I mean, I can go online and there's actually a group on Facebook called the Accessible Travel Club. And so it has, I think it's over like 3,000 members now, and we're all like wheelchair users and people with disabilities. So anytime that I have a question about a new destination that I'm considering or thinking about going to, I can just go in the group and ask, you know, has anyone been to Israel? And then somebody will comment and tell me like, what accessible tour companies are there, which hotels are accessible, any information that I need to know. So I think the internet has really... Um, allowed the world to be more accessible. Well, I love that. And I love that you are just taking such a proactive role in creating that environment, that accessible environment. And then of course, sharing that information with the world real quick, Corey, can just paint a picture for us exactly what are your, your limitations and what are your requirements when you travel? Yeah, so I have spinal muscular atrophy type 2, and that is a form of muscular dystrophy. So basically, it means that my muscles are much weaker than the average person. Um, And so I'm unable to walk. I do need a powered wheelchair to get around. Um, And then whenever I'm traveling, I need things like um, an accessible hotel room with like a roll-in shower. So not just a tub because I can't really, you know, step over a tub to get in it. Um, So things like that are um, something that I definitely look for. And then accessible transportation, I think, is really the biggest hurdle whenever I'm traveling and the the biggest obstacle to find um, in advance. So I usually start planning trips out like six to 12 months in advance 
just because that kind of gives me more time to really discover, you know, are there any wheelchair accessible taxis in the destination or, um, I mean, all of the things that come with traveling with a disability. And then when I'm traveling, I also um, always need someone to go with me to help out with daily tasks. So sometimes it's a friend or a family member. Um, and so, I mean, thankful, I'm thankful to them for always being willing to go with me and help out. So that makes me think of some of those other people. It sounds like you're very fortunate that you have people in your life to, to travel with. Have you come across people in, in these forums that you participate in, people who are wanting to travel and they have the kind of the accessibility to travel, but they don't have that, that travel buddy? What, do you ever come across that? And how, do you, how does one deal with that, you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a really big issue that comes up pretty frequently in all of the accessible travel groups. Um, so, I mean, I really would love for there to be some type of resource or, you know, travel care attendance where you could just like go on a website and ser- like search for care attendants to travel with you that were actually specialized and maybe had experience traveling. Because that's, I mean, definitely something hard to find. And I've posted ads before on like Craigslist and like care.com and all of these websites trying to find a travel care attendant just as like a backup, you know, if a friend or family member can't go with me. And so I've interviewed several of them and they've worked for me a little bit, but I mean, it's just really never worked out and I've never felt comfortable enough to have them actually, you know, traveling 3000 miles away from home with me. Um, so it's definitely a challenge. Uh, but hopefully one day we can create a resource to um, so people can find uh, caregivers more easily. Well, Corey, we've got entrepreneurs out there in this audience. So there you go, my friends. If you're looking for that that big idea, that gap to fill to serve your fellow mankind and ad- advance this this travel this travel mission that we all have, sounds like there's a, a clear opportunity there if you can connect those folks with the with the the skills and the expertise with the people like Corey who are wanting to travel and need that, that partner, you know, it sounds like there's an interesting business opportunity for someone who can marry up those, those two things. So Corey, let's talk, let's talk business. First thing I want to ask you about name your website, man, curb free with Corey Lee. I just, I love the, there's a bit of an underlying humor in there. I think just tell me about, tell me about the name of your website, how you came up with it. Yes. So um, it's curb free with Corey Lee. And I actually, Kind of just um, my mom actually had the idea. So we were wanting to, or I was wanting to pitch um, a TV show to actually like start a television series that followed me as I, you know, ticked off items on my bucket list and traveled around the world as a wheelchair user. And I thought that would be just like a really cool, like inspiring series. And so we pitched a bunch of different production companies and nothing really ever came of it. Um, and so then I thought, well, maybe, I mean, after I saw the lack of accessibility online, that also sparked the idea. But I thought maybe I could create, you know, the website. And my mom had that name. Um, I'm really not sure how she came up with it, but it just rhymed and was like so perfect. Um, so Corey Lee is actually my first and middle name. But now people always think that like Lee is my last name um, just because it's in the website. So I guess it's kind of like a stage name now even. <laughs> Do you prefer to be called Corey Lee? I know I've been calling you Corey Lee. Is that is that your preferred <laughs> preferred name? Uh, yeah, I mean that's totally fine. I go by both now. So, <laughs> well, it's cool. I mean, you, once you get a little famous, it's okay to have a stage name, just like every rock star, right? <laughs> yeah. 
so you you started the blog and you had a you, you had it was a very purpose driven blog and you you had a mission to to serve really your fellow mankind but particularly those fellow disabled specifically wheelchair travelers who want to get out and see the world don't want to be confined by their their physical limitations but it's you took it one step further and you created this blog really and and are growing it into into a business and a livelihood can you tell me about that decision to to just take that blog to that next level yeah so when i was starting out i mean i really started kind of getting discouraged in the beginning like in the first four to five months i wasn't making any money. I wasn't, you know, being approached for press trips. Um, And it, I mean, when I was just starting out, it seemed like such a big deal that, you know, I was working my butt off, like putting up posts all the time over the first like six months and nothing was really coming from it. Um, Or as far as money goes anyway. So I wasn't making any money. And then I started public speaking actually and uh, went and spoke at the Abilities Expo, which is a really big like disability expo and convention. It's held like eight times a year all across the United States. And so I was speaking in Los Angeles at that expo all about accessible travel. And um, the travel editor for the Los Angeles Times was actually in the audience. And afterwards, she um, interviewed me for two articles that she wrote and that um, really, I mean, drove a lot of traffic to my website and uh, kind of motivated me to really take it more seriously and look at it, you know, from a business standpoint, instead of just, you know, doing it for fun, like it's a hobby. Well, that's a great lesson, regardless of what you, what kind of content you create, there's the power of public speaking. Now, was that a, did you contact them or did they contact you for that public speaking gig? I did contact them. Um, so I was like really, really nervous about it. And uh, I just sent the pitch out that maybe they would respond. And then they came back to me and uh, they were like really interested. And so they loved the website that I did. And um, so they invited me to speak and it wasn't even paid. So um, I actually had to buy my flights to get to LA for me and a companion and then hotel and everything. And it was you know, totally not paid at all. But in the end, it was definitely worth it because that was a big turning point. Tell me, I want to ask you about one, the decision to to make that trek for an unpaid speaking gig, kind of that that unknown quantity as far as the benefits. But then also, just ask, I'm going to ask you about just the public speaking, just, just the gig in general. So let's start with just you're sitting at home, they've offered you or they've accepted you to come and speak, but they say, Hey, you know, Corey would love to have you, but you're on your own getting here. You have no idea if this is going to pay off. Tell me about the, the thought process, deciding whether or not to, to accept the gig. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was really a no brainer for me because I'd gone to abilities expos like before I even started the blog and I'd, I'd sat in on like presentations there and always felt like really inspired and informed after I would go to these uh, presentations. And so as soon as they offered it, I knew that I definitely wanted to do it. And so really in that like first year or two, I really did like everything for free and never asked for anything really. So I mean, press trips, they were never paid. I knew that really, if I wanted to build a successful business and get to a point where I was getting paid, then I definitely had to have experience and start getting testimonials from different places that I spoke at and different destinations giving me testimonials. And so with everything that I did in those first couple of years, I really started, you know, putting that in my media kit and getting testimonials and putting it on the website and really 
just trying to get my name out there so that I would hopefully one day become an expert on accessible travel. Well, once again, everything you just said, that's solid. It's rockstar advice for anybody creating content, regardless of what your, your subject is. Where did you, and that's pretty, you made some pretty wise decisions that was rooted in, in some, just, just some external wisdom. Where did that wisdom come from? Uh, I'm really not sure. I mean, when I was in college, I actually uh, graduated with a marketing degree. And so I would, you know, I took classes in like social media and public speaking and marketing and advertising and all of this. And so I think that, you know, kind of gave me some of the knowledge that it required to, you know, start um, my own business and Curfree with Corey Lee, but also just really studying other travel blogs and listening to their advice. So right after I started uh, the blog, I immediately did a lot of research on different I mean, really big travel blogs like Nomadic Matt, um, PauseTheMoment.com was a big inspiration. Um, I mean, there were so many really great resources out there as to, you know, and tips on how to have a successful travel blog. I mean, it really just took me, I mean, it took a long time to really research it. Uh, but I knew that if I could do enough research, then eventually I could get to the point where my idols were. And so you get to the point where you're, you know, sitting amongst your idols, which is where you are now. So let's go back to that moment that, that, the, that expo in LA, you're, you were an attendee of this particular expo in the past, and now you're going from being the informed to being the informer. Tell me about that, that first speaking experience. Yeah, I mean, I was completely a nervous wreck. Um, so I'd really never done any kind of professional public speaking before that. But um, after I got done giving my presentation, uh, people started coming up to me and they were like, hey, you gave so many good tips. Like we're, we finally feel like we can travel for the first time. And maybe we will take that trip to, you know, Australia or wherever they had been thinking about going. And so that really motivated me, you know, to keep public speaking and keep inspiring um, audiences of wheelchair users and those with disabilities to travel. Um, so, I mean, I'm tremendously thankful for that opportunity to speak, and it definitely led to further opportunities down the road. Um, so the year after that one, um, I actually spoke at two other Abilities Expos, one in Houston, Texas, and one in New York. Um, and then I've also spoken at TBEX now a few times. And I even gave the uh, opening keynote this past September at TBEX. So I think it's really important just, you know, public, do public speaking as much as you possibly can. Um, even if it's unpaid, um, it really just helps build your confidence. And uh, it also can inspire the audience. Just to just to confirm, the Abilities Expo isn't travel specific. No, it's uh, all about disability. Yeah. Okay. There's, a, there's. A, I think again, there's another great message in there for folks out there who have travel blogs, create travel content. That there's plenty of opportunities to to speak and to teach and to educate about travel, but outside of the immediate travel space, and in a way that there's um that's far, they're far. Just to use the the bloody water versus the you know the blue water theory, there's the, the the blue water exists in those spaces like the Abilities Expo that are just outside the travel space where you can educate about travel. And whether you did that intentionally or unintentionally, I think it was a really really great move on your part. And then eventually it led you to like T-Beck giving the opening keynote. That's incredible. How did that go? 
it was really well. Uh, so I practiced for like a year in advance. And I mean, it was by far the most nervous I've ever been in my life uh, in the months leading up to it. But it went really, really well. And everyone um, actually got a standing ovation, which is something I never expected. And so um, it was really a wonderful experience. And again, it gave me even more confidence to keep public speaking. So in uh, 2019, I'm definitely trying to line up a lot more uh, speaking gigs and make that a really big source of my income. So tell me the difference from a, a public speaking perspective, the difference between speaking to a consumer audience versus TBEX, which is an industry audience. Yeah. So, I mean, I really love speaking at both. So something like the Abilities Expo would be more of a consumer audience and maybe they've never even considered traveling necessarily. But I mean, with those speeches, I really try to make it more of like tips, like actionable items that they can do to really start traveling and researching accessibility um, around the world. And then at something like TBEX, it's more of like, um, I mean, the audience is, def is definitely well-traveled there. Um, so there's no need for really for me to give any tips necessarily. So it's more of like a motivational speech um, if it's something like a keynote. Or, I mean, I, I've also spoken at TBEX just about, um, I spoke at one in Israel um, at TBEX and then one in Minnesota. And it was all about like to the destination representatives and like the PR people about how they can make their destination more wheelchair friendly and attract uh, people with disabilities to their destinations. So I think it's really important to just focus on what kind of audience you have and how to portray the right message to them and what exactly do they want to hear. So, in, excuse me. So in those cases, or in that case, like Israel, you described, are you positioning yourself as, as a consultant? Yeah, in some way. Um, so, I mean, I feel like whenever I travel, no matter where it is, I mean, 95% of the time, whenever I visit a destination, I'm usually the first wheelchair user that they've ever worked with. Um, like th that's a travel blogger as well. So, I mean, it's always kind of, you know, teaching the destinations what they can do differently, what they're doing really, really well. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really much like um, I'm consulting them, even if I'm just on a press trip. Well, that's, that's fascinating. And again, I think there's, there's a lot of sort of universal takeaways there for, for people who have a specific interest or a specific challenge. In your case, it's a physical challenge. Walk me through, th through a trip and, and through those, those various points where you might be advising, whether it's formally or informally, advising, advising a destination about their accessibility. Yeah, so I mean, really, whenever I'm on a trip, um, afterwards, I'll definitely send an email and let them know, you know, what went really, really well, and what ways they could improve. And then, I mean, on social media and on my blog, I always try to remain really authentic and only tell the truth. So if something is not accessible, then I, I mean, I'll definitely, you know, not lie about it. But I mean, I do want to show the more positive side of accessible travel. So I do try to put maybe a positive spin on it if that's possible. But I always want to really, you know, show people what is and isn't accessible. And with the destinations, um, I'll work with them to, you know, talk with their city representatives. When I went to Gulf Shores um, in Orange Beach, Alabama a few weeks ago, I actually had um, lunch with the city government representatives one day. 
And so that really was a great chance for me to kind of talk to them about, you know, in what ways they could improve because they're the ones deciding on the budget of, you know, how to spend their money to make their city more accessible um, instead of just, you know, the PR people and the tourism representatives from the CBB. Um, so that was a really good opportunity. And I love doing things like that whenever I visit a destination. Can you call out uh, some, from your travels, uh, a destination that was just particularly innovative or just particularly excellent in terms of accessibility that it caught your attention? So, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm immediately thinking of Barcelona, um, Spain. So I went there this past July and that was my first time ever in Barcelona and it was like a press trip. But I mean, they have gone above and beyond uh, to ensure accessibility for everyone. So even at the beaches, they have, I mean, beach wheelchairs, they have a staff of people that can actually help you transfer into the beach wheelchair from your own wheelchair. Um, so, I mean, they have literally thought of everything that you could possibly think of uh, when it comes to going to the beach in Barcelona. And also, I mean, the public transportation was really great. Um, there were accessible taxis and they put us up in really great accessible hotels. Um, so, I mean, Barcelona, they definitely know what they're doing. And they've also even on their website, um, like created a page all about accessibility in Barcelona and in Catalonia, Spain. Um, so that's something that a lot of destinations don't do, but they definitely should be doing. Um, so whenever I'm thinking about traveling somewhere, I'll immediately get on that destination's website and see if they have any information about accessibility. And then if they do, then it makes it a hundred times easier for me to actually go there. Well, that's, that's brilliant. And then, so what do you do? So you, Say you come across a destination that, that doesn't have that. Either they just are not very accessible or they just don't, they just lack the information. What steps do you take as sort of a public figure and a, a public face of the accessibility and travel movement? What's, what steps can do you take to, to, to help out a destination who's suffering? So for some destinations, I mean, I've written content about accessibility for their blog or sometimes even if it's not like a press trip that I'm going on and they really don't have any information on their website, then I'll go to the destination and then write a blog post about it on my website, all about, you know, what was accessible, what wasn't, and then send it to them, uh, to whoever their representative is. And then uh, that's a really a good chance for them to see, you know, if we were more accessible, maybe we could have more people like this, you know, writing about our destination. And it's also sometimes even the first time that they've ever even really thought about accessibility within their destination. So uh, I think it's really important just to get the information out there as much as you can, and then definitely share it with whoever will listen. Well, that's a hell of a service you're providing. And it just, and, just kind of as a service to the world and then as a, as a service to your business, because you're growing that authority as, you know, you're the go-to guy when it comes to accessible travel, particularly wheelchair accessible travel. So let's shift back to, to the business side. And so you, you're starting to, you're starting to do the speaking. Tell me about when you're starting to actually really starting to make some money from your site. When did that happen? When did you start making those first dollars? Uh, so, I mean, about a year after I started, I was getting some offers for like sponsored posts and ads and things like that. But I, I mean, I was making peanuts. So maybe a few hundred dollars a month, you know, 
but then after about two or three years um, is when I started getting, you know, invitations to go on paid press trips. And um, I started delving into like affiliate marketing and putting in affiliate links and blog posts and things like that. So really in the past, like two to three years, it's really, um, grown a lot. And, um, I mean, after I actually won the, uh, 2017, uh, Lowell Thomas award for best travel blog. Um, so th- that was a really, really big turning point for me. Um, as far as like, you know, making more money and getting more opportunities and things like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I would just say, uh, about two to three years after I started is when I started seeing a decent amount of income. Well, that's interesting that you brought up you brought up the award because you know there's there's a lot of awards out there that that one may win as a as a blogger or a content creator. Tell me the just the direct impact that you were, that you observed from winning that award. If you could just expand on what you, what you said, you know, just getting that additional attention and then how that translated to additional business. Yeah, so as soon as I won the award, um, I typed up like a press release and sent it out to every newspaper and news channel that I could um, that was like local here in the Northwest Georgia area. And then also some, you know, further away domestically. Um, And so several people actually published articles, so like local newspapers and things like that. And that gave me, you know, more publicity, which was great. And then, um, even I mean, I was actually at the SATW Society of American Travel Writers conference in Portland when they gave out that award. And so after I won it there, like all of these destination representatives were coming up to me and they were like, hey, let's work together, you know, next year. And we would love to host you on a press trip or um, we would love to form a partnership and run some ads on your side or whatever it was. Um, so, I mean, that it was, I was really fortunate that I was actually there at the convention where it happened um, so that people could immediately, you know, see me, they knew that I won and they could immediately, you know, come up to me and introduce themselves and we could form a partnership of some sort. Well, and just the foresight and just the good business sense on your part to, to recognize the opportunity and just immediately leverage it. Like you said, it was fortunate that you were there in the room, but but then you took those additional steps, sending out the press releases to really strike while while the iron was hot. And I think there's a lot lot to learn yeah, from definitely. that. You know, not everyone's going to win the Lowell Thomas Award, but um, but your good things are going to happen for us that we can we can share with the world and things like that press release, even if it doesn't get picked up by more than you know one or two news outlets across the country like it's it's something to move the needle let people know about your accomplishments and the the service the value that you're adding to the world and there's just again you're just one story after another just all these tidbits and these these sort of universal these universal truths about about business and particularly about travel blogging so i hope everyone out there in podcast land is just soaking this up so tell me Corey, like um I'm just thinking about like, you just seemed like you really had a really sharp focus on, on just on your vision for your, your site. So I'm curious, like moving, moving forward, you know, where do you, where do you see this going and what are the, the major challenges that you see in the future? Uh, so one of the big things that I'm uh, working on now um, is 
creating uh, group trips for other wheelchair users. So I did my first one this past April in Morocco. And so several other wheelchair users actually traveled with me to Morocco and we explored the country for about a week. And so that was a really a good opportunity just for, you know, people that maybe would have never traveled um, to really get out there and feel confident enough to, you know, make this really big journey to Morocco. So that was really a great thing that I was a highlight of this year for me. And so next July, I'm going to be doing another group trip um, in Iceland. And so the trip this past April in Morocco, I um, actually didn't make any money from it. So, um, I mean, it was a pre- like a press trip for me. So the tour company, they did comp everything, but I didn't make any money. So next year, um, I'm actually you know, feel a little more experienced now and like I can do it. So um, I am finally going to be making some money from that. And that's the big way that I really want to, you know, build my business from now on. And maybe in the, you know, a couple of years from now, I'll do even two or three trips per year instead of only the one. Um, and so that's something that I'm really, really excited about and trying to find more and more destinations that really want to work together to create these accessible group trips Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's really my big focus for now. And then also, um, I definitely want to try to get back into the TV show ideas. So now that I've kind of built up an audience and created, you know, have um, a decent amount of followers and a bigger website and it's won some awards, um, I feel more confident about trying that out again. So in 2019, I've got a lot of plans, but those are just a couple. Yeah, dust off that that TV pitch because now that you've yeah, now that you've got the name and the followers, like you said, you might just grab that attention that you weren't able to grab in the beginning. So tell me about that again. That going back to that trip to Morocco, tell me what you learned over the course of that trip that gave you the confidence to to do it again, and then now to to hope to make some to actually make some money off it. What'd you learn? Yeah, I mean, we had people of all abilities um, on that trip. So there was an older lady in her 60s that came and she was in a scooter, but she could walk a very little bit, but she used the scooter most of the time. And then we had someone that was only like 30 and she was in a powered wheelchair and actually had the same disability as me. And then we had even able-bodied people that were, you know, their companions that came with us. And so, I mean, in a place like Morocco, I mean, I never thought that Morocco would have good accessibility by any means. And so just to be able to, you know, go there and really experience it and, you know, see that it is possible. Um, And even with a group of people of varying abilities, it really, you know, I thought at the end of it, I thought, you know, if we can do it in Morocco, then we can do it anywhere. Um, So I think Iceland will be a breeze. I've actually uh, went to Iceland a few years ago. And so I know that it is pretty accessible and we're working with a tour company there that focuses on accessible travel. Um, and I've worked with them before when I was actually in the country a few years ago. So um, I have no doubt that it'll be amazing as well. Is there anything, Corey, that's on your personal bucket list that as of this moment, November 2018 is not accessible to you? Ah, uh, let me think. So my really my biggest goal is to go to Antarctica. Um, and so that would be my seventh and final continent. Um, and that is going to be really, really tricky to make happen. Uh, so there are some cruises that go to Antarctica, but a lot of them don't have the wheelchair 
accessible cabins if it's a smaller ship. Um, but there are some cruises. I know that, you know, Holland America, they do have a bigger boat, a bigger cruise ship that goes to Antarctica. And um, that could be a possibility, hopefully within the next couple of years. But it's definitely one of the, probably the most tricky thing on my bucket list. Well, now that you put that intention out into the world and I, I'm confident that if anybody can make it happen, Corey, it's you because you've done incredible things in just a few short years. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of get my mind around how much you've really accomplished in just such a short amount of time. You know, if you're just a fairly recent college graduate, what would you have done had you not gone down this travel blogging route? What was your, what was your plan before this? Uh, Well, in college, I actually changed my major like four or five different times. So um, I started out as like, international affairs and then went to German and then journalism and theater. And I mean, I kept changing it, but um, I eventually decided on marketing and advertising. And I think if I, you know, wouldn't have gotten into this field and I would have been working in like an advertising firm or um, doing social media for a company, I really, really love social media. Um, So I'm a complete Facebook addict. And uh, (laughs) I mean, I think I would be doing something along those lines. Excellent. I'm going to wrap up here. Just a couple of quick questions. We've been speaking with Corey Lee. You can find Corey at curbfreewithcoreylee.com. Corey, tell me who besides you has had the biggest positive impact on your business? I really think that it's been the people that follow me. Um, I mean, every day I receive messages from other wheelchair users that, you know, have been inspired to travel somewhere because of my website or a blog post that I wrote. And uh, just receiving that feedback from them, it's kept motivating me to really keep at it and keep traveling. And anytime that I start to get discouraged and feel like giving up, I always, you know, look back at those messages and try to remember the real reason why I started the blog in the first place. And that was to, you know, motivate people that would have never thought about traveling otherwise. So, um, I mean, really, whenever I'm feeling, you know, stressed out or anything, I really try to just go back and remember why I started. That's great to hear that you're so grateful for your followers. And cause I'm certain that they're incredibly grateful for you, Corey. Last question. We've talked about conferences and various types of education. Those are all investments that we as entrepreneurs make in ourselves to better ourselves as people and as entrepreneurs. Corey, tell me up to this point, what is the best investment you've made in yourself? I mean, really, I would say conferences um, at every conference that I go to. I mean, it, you know, it costs a good bit of money to actually get there and pay for the flights and then hotel and food or whatever it may be. But I mean, at every conference, I mean, I've really tried to stay focused and make really, really valuable connections with different destinations and companies. And so when I went to my first uh, TBEX back in 2015, I met with, um, you know, places like Allianz Travel Insurance. And afterwards, I thought, oh, this will probably never come of anything. Like, nothing's probably ever going to happen with them. But then, I mean, I formed one of my biggest contracts for the next year, and I'll still work with them. So in 2019, I'm going to be working with them again as a brand ambassador. Um, And then, um, I mean, so, I mean, it's just whenever you you go to a conference, you really have to make a conscious effort to talk to every single destination that you can. Um, or as many as possible. I know there are a million of them, it seems like, at every conference, but uh, just do your best to really talk to everyone, and you really never know what could come of that. 
Couldn't agree with you more, Corey. And there may be another episode brewing there in the future. We can, I'm sure we could do a whole hour just on strategies and tactics at a conference. But uh, I'm going to let you go, man. We, you've been just dropping some serious knowledge on us. We really appreciate you sharing your personal story and then, of course, the story of your business. And I know that you're just in the beginning, man. We're going to see some incredible things, and I definitely want to keep in touch. We've been chatting with Corey Lee. And, of course, one more time, check him out at CurbFreeWithCoreyLee.com. Corey, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Thanks. If you create travel content, then you know how important it is to truly connect with your audience. And podcasting is simply a phenomenal way to create those intimate connections. Podcasting lets you use the power of your voice to share your message, change people's lives, all while expanding your influence and growing your business. My friend, podcasting is a huge part of my dream life, and I want to help make it part of yours too. So if you're ready to start using the power of your voice, take that first step by going to dramaticpodcasting.com. And there you're going to find everything you need to start your podcasting journey from how to create and launch your podcast to how to grow your audience and start making money. It's all there, my friend. It's at dramaticpodcasting.com.